Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Make sure to check out the two other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast and the Abstract Veterans Podcast, and stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, beginagaintoys.com, or Amazon, and purchase your Percy King Collaborative Stacked Paint and Puzzle Kit. Really excited about the podcast today as I get to speak with dancer, singer, actress, producer, and co-founder and co-owner of 333 Creative, Maria Brees McLean. Make sure to follow Maria on Instagram and Twitter at Maria Brees, that's M-A-R-I-A-B-R-E-E-S-E, and stop by her website, MariaBrees.com. Let's welcome Maria Brees McLean. How are you? I'm so freaking awesome. How are you? I'm good. I am feeling pretty good. Thank you so much for having me. I, no, this is absolutely awesome. Like when I, Patrick's been, so uh, by the way, I start recording immediately. Uh, Patrick's oh, been, like, he's been so great in like um, finding other guests for me. And like recently when we were chatting, he was like, well, my wife. And I was like, well, yeah, hell yes. I mean, why? And then like, I always like the fun part for me is like, I always do this, you know, like kind of deep dive and research and, and all this stuff. And you have such a crazy cool history on top of the fact, like you come so, from such a creative family. Um, and I want to know, like, we'll get into that, but also is there, is there a, also a, um, an athletic side to your family? Cause you studied dance. You did dance. Did. Um, yeah. what, like you have a degree in dance exercise. What is that kinesiology like related or at all, or is just dance exercise in terms of like, how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> what does this sure. mean? So, yeah. So, um, I, I started dancing at a really young age. Um, my aunt had been a dancer and so I, I started ballet and tap, you know, around four years old. Um, and then I had danced throughout the years just doing ballet. And uh, when my parents got divorced, it became a little harder, but it was still something that was very near and dear to my heart. So my mom wanted to keep me in something that made me really happy. And then in around, around seventh grade, eighth grade, I started doing all the other types of dance. And um, so I was in um, a competitive dance company. We would spend the weekends um, either rehearsing or competing. And it was many, many hours. And when I wasn't teaching the little kids, I mean, I was in class from 4 to 10 p.m. every single night. Um, and then Saturdays, we'd have company rehearsal. Sundays, sometimes we would have off <laughs> or we were at competition. Um, so when I went to college, I knew I, I wanted to study musical theater because I also love to sing. I have a, an extensive theater background. My mom is a director. And, <laughs> I'm also um, a singer. I don't know if Patrick told you that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yep. Um, I love to meet fellow fellow singers. <laughs> They're few and far between. <laughs> um, so yeah, I wanted to do musical theater and then I wanted to keep up with my dance. 
you know, just as something that was fun. So when I transferred schools, I transferred after two years from Boston, I went to Tampa. I had enough credits and had a high GPA enough that I could just qualify for a minor in dance exercise, which is what they called it. So I had to take some kinesiology classes. I had to take OCHEM. I had to do, you know, all the things that I didn't want to do. I'm not a very um, logical, mathematical type of person. I'm much more of a creative. (laughs) I understand Um, that very well. (laughs) Um. But I graduated with honors. I graduated with a 3.8 GPA. I worked my butt off on those science classes because I knew that they were my weakness. Um, But the creative side, you know, we had a thing in uh, Tampa called Dance Happening. And I got to put my choreography skills to test. And um, it was incredible. The whole school gathers together because we don't really have a ton of sports at University of Tampa. We had soccer, we had swimming was a very big deal. But for the most part, it was Greek life and dance. And so the whole school would gather together and watch this dance happening. And um, it was it was a very creative environment. And so for me, it was great. Graduated with musical theater degree and that dance exercise minor and went on my marriage. Well, and I, like I said, like the cool part for me is like, again, like researching you and finding out like, like your father was a dean, but he was also a professional pianist. Then you just said that your aunt was a dancer. And then what was it? <laughs> what was it about like? Um, and so you were at uh, your mother. Wait a minute, your mother was in musicals. And what was it about your grandparents? There's like a scholarship. I think I read. I'm like looking at yeah. it now at yeah. um, American University. By the way, like. You know, you're you're in the neighborhood that I'm at. Like, I live in Richmond, Virginia, so I'm like right down the road from oh where you gosh. grew up. Yeah, yep. Oh my gosh, Virginia forever. Very <laughs> Virginia forever. But I it's like, what what yeah. what was your what was this? Were your grandparents like creative also that like they established this this scholarship because of that, or was it because of your father? What was the relationship there? Sorry, my light went out. Oh, no. um, so my uh, my stepdad was uh, he was a senior vice provost at American University. My mom was chair of performing arts at American for many years, and um, my dad David um, was is a professional pianist. So okay. my stepdad plays the organ, <laughs> and my dad plays the piano. Um, we joke that my mom has a type, so <laughs> <laughs> very much so. Well, I, just um, to interrupt, I have to tell you, my grandmother on my dad's side used to play the piano for silent movies. And then my dad or my grandfather on my mom's side was a jazz musician, played clarinet and uh, something else, tenor sax, I think. So like, there's a ton of music in my family too. It's like really, I don't know. It's like weird how those things come together. Oh, and they always do. It, it's, it's so this, um, familial history is pretty interesting. Uh, so if you want to go way back, oh yes. uh, no, it, please. it goes, <laughs> it goes way back. My dad's side is, uh, Italian, uh, Israeli and Russian. And the Russian side, my great-grandfather, his name was Daniel, he hopped on a boat, we think, 
um, somewhere around Italy. So he he migrated from Russia down to Italy and jumped on a boat illegally to the United States and jumped off that boat when it was about to land in Ellis Island and swam to shore and found a pawn shop in New York, asked the pawn shop owner if he could play outside with the violin from the shop to pay for the violin. And he did. He stood outside. And that's the story. He stood outside playing the violin. And he and his brother went on to start the Pittsburgh Symphony. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. So, yeah. And then they went on to also the the Miami Symphony. Um, Elias Breeskin is is my great uncle. And um, so when my grandfather was born, obviously music ran in the family. So it's either the violin or the piano. My my dad's cousin, Olga Breeskin, is very famous in Mexico for being a dancer and playing the violin at the same time. She now lives in Las Vegas. Um, but my grandfather in 1938 uh, wrote Hail to the Redskins, yep. the famed Redskins You came. You guys song. came back here for the commanders because then they rewrote it, yeah. right? That's my dad and I rewrote it. Oh, that's what it, that's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to pay tribute to my grandfather. We wanted to keep the basic melody that everybody has loved for so long, but obviously change the lyrics to something that is um, a little more responsible in today's day and age. And um, so keep the heart of it, but change with the times, um, rightfully so. So, yeah, it was an incredible experience getting to do that with my dad because I don't really play an instrument. He tried to get me into the piano and I have so much respect for musicians. I played the flute growing up. I played the piano. I, but singing and dancing has really always been where my heart's at. So working with my dad was an incredible thing. And, you know, we all want to be able to look back on times like that with our parents and have those memories. And that's a core memory, you know, standing on the field, watching the tribute to my grandfather, watching my dad in the studio, the video of him in the studio in Virginia, it was very deeply emotional um, to me. So, no, I, And then my grandmother, she was an opera singer. So like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's insane. Like you had no choice in the matter. I had no choice. I joked at one point, well, it wasn't a joke to me and people still think I should, but I, I wanted to go to law school and my parents were like, nope, that's cute. That's really cute. <laughs> When most okay, parents would be, sure. yes, 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 go to law school, be it, responsible. Yeah, It's so funny. I'm like, thanks, guys, for really setting me up for success. Go into the arts where it's incredibly unstable. <laughs> I absolutely love that. It's, it's funny you say that, too, because I – so I could have been – I think I told Patrick this before. I could have been drafted out of high school to play baseball. And that's what I wanted to do. Like I was an athlete. That's, you know, but I was like, I was kind of one of those art people that nobody n knew, you know, back then you, you couldn't, a secret artist. you couldn't do those. You couldn't do both. Like it's totally. finally starting to change, but my parents wanted me to go to school. So I went and, and played at Ohio state actually, which is right down the street wow. basically. And I should not have been in school. I had no idea what I was doing. This sounds stupid. I've said this on the podcast before. I didn't even know you could go to school for art. Like, it, I mean, you know, that just sounds idiotic. And then I quit school no. and then my baseball career ended because th there's a stupid rule that if you go to school to play baseball, you have to stay in school for three years. And so it just ended. And then it was actually my getting what I really wanted to say. It was, it was my mom 
that said to me, why don't you go to school for art? And it was just like this light bulb. And it's just like, yeah, why? like I'm, and this is what I was already singing in rock bands by then too. And I was always painting and drawing and all this stuff. But it's like, it just never, ever even occurred to me that that was an option. And maybe it was partially that I like, I defined myself as this thing and I couldn't imagine me being this thing at first, you know, at first I think, and it's, it's such a weird like relationship. That's why I love like the you, a, you and Patrick are married because I think like, it's a great, no, it's like, I, you know, like, I, like I love Patrick. Like I think I've told him that. Um, and I think like you guys have from what I can tell and from what he said, just like such a really lovely relationship of, like you have two kids. I imagine that they just have the, and they're young still, but like they, the way that they're going to grow up is in this like really cool environment of creativity and physical activities. And I think that that's such a healthy, that's what we're trying to do with our business is like tell people to work out physically and creatively every day because we're just better people. And, you know, you embodied that through the dance and through singing and through now, you know, like, you're you produce you you're an actress you're also a model like you'd like do all these like really cool things um like i i you know like <laughs> you just have to be loving life that's what i'm <laughs> and you live in california no <laughs> i know life is pretty good i can't i really can't complain you know um luckily i you know i have a mother who really fostered obviously my mom working in higher education she has a doctorate in early childhood education. Um, and so she really helped foster. She realized at an early age that I'm a very kinesthetic learner. Um, I suffer from ADD. I was diagnosed at a young age. And she kind of went through the different types of intelligences to figure out where I fit in and what would help me prosper. Because when I was younger, I really struggled in school. And so for her, she was able to take some of her understanding from her teachings and really put that into what might work for me. She loves to tell the story of um, I was studying the different parts of an earthworm in third grade, and I was stressing out about this <laughs> test. And the the first time I didn't even study for the test. I was so nervous. I like I, I couldn't even think it. And I got an F. It was the first F. I didn't even know they gave Fs to third graders. <laughs> but I came home and I was devastated. And the teacher, my mom called the teacher, Rose Wright. She was amazing and said, can Maria take this test over? I think she would really like to prepare better. So my mom and I played earthworm charades. And we taught each other the different parts of the earthworm, which, by the way, did you know they have five hearts? Yes. Because I yes, still remember, I, I remember that. that. Yeah. <laughs> that might be the only thing I remember I from science remember class. <laughs> and uh, I mean, so it's just like it's, having her advocate for me constantly, uh, supporting the things that I was just naturally gifted at, and then helping kind of fill in the parts where I needed the extra help, you know, putting me like I had math tutors and just helping support wherever I needed it, but also help fostering the the natural abilities that I was given. And I think um, I, I'm thankful for her every day. She lives about 10 minutes away. I get to see her all the time. And at first, you know, when I was younger, she would come into my school and do these plays and I would pretend I didn't like having her there. But everyone was like, oh, my God, that's your mom. She's so cool. I'm like, oh, yeah, she is. 
you know, but I, I look back on, on all those different times and I just, um, you know, I, I strive to be that kind of mother where we're kind of starting to identify the natural abilities that our children have and just taking note. I want them to try everything, see what sticks for them and do what makes them happy. I don't want to stick them in soccer, you know, because Patrick was a professional soccer player. I don't want to make them dance because I love to dance. It's whatever makes them happy. We'll start off on those two basics and see where it goes. No, but you're saying something that I, I might've said this when Patrick, Patrick's joined my class before, and I might've said this to him before, but it's something I tell my students at, at VCU all the time, because I work with a lot of student athletes and, you know, a lot of them are not. I mean, we're all creative, but a lot of them have not been creative for a while or, or whatever. And I'm like, I just want you to find something you like, because we, we know, like, if you like something, you're going to want to go back to it. And I don't care. Absolutely. I mean, I care, but I don't care what that is. Like, if you want to write beats, if you want to dance, if you want to paint, if you want to draw, like, find that thing. If you want to go walk around and take pictures, like, but find that thing, because it's, it's just it's so fun to watch when they do find that thing because they just disappear in it, like in class. And then all of a sudden it's like class is over and they're like, what? You know? And it's like, Oh, this is so great that like, you know, I have students that come to my class that aren't even in my class. And I'm like, that to me, like, and I don't mean, I'm, this is not a pat on the back or anything, but it's like, that's well, it insa- it's insane to me. It's like, that is the coolest compliment to me is that students are coming to, the, they don't need to come to this class, you know, but so you create a safe space yep. clearly. Yep. And that's, I think that's the first step, but I have this mentality that, I mean, even with myself, you don't know that you're good at something until you try it. Yep. And if you're trying everything, you might develop a skill that you didn't even know you had. Absolutely. Or in my case, I still haven't developed a skill that I thought that I might have, which is uh, visual arts. I love to paint, but painting does not love me. (laughs) I don't buy it. I I don't buy it. Oh, no. I have tried. And, uh, you know, Patrick's very supportive. He's like, beautiful. It's lovely. We'll hang it. Um, that's okay. I'm, that's I'm okay. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't act. So it's okay. Uh, even though I've been in a movie, I've been in, I was in a, when I was back, when I was a singer, our manager had a production company and she put me in a role of this movie. And I always, when people ask me, it's like just an independent, like, no, you will never find it. So thank God. But it was, it was kind of like the crow and I was the lead. Oh. It was kind of like the crow but it was like a rock opera. <laughs> and there was You're a movie star. I, You're a movie star. You should have led with that. <laughs> you should have led with that. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, it was but what a cool experience. Oh no, you know? it was a blast. I mean, yeah. I, I will like you said, I will try anything. And I feel like there's something about that, and I hate, you know, like using hashtags and but but it's like hashtag stay curious. Like I feel like I just I'm constantly wanting to learn, which it sounds like you are as well. Um, like I'm Patrick knows this and you might know this cause you've probably seen pictures. I'm becoming like addicted to wildlife photography, like just addicted to it. And I, so I drive out to Yellowstone all the time, you know, which is like a 30 hour drive. Um, yeah. but it's just like, I, I feel like it's one of those things where you're, 
seen something that maybe a handful of people at that moment are seeing. And it's just like, whoa, like, and it's, it, this is like national geographic through my lens. And it's like, so that yeah. like, that's my new kind of thing. But you know, like I still love painting. I still love singing. My God. Like, do you still sing? I mean, is that something? I do. Um, <laughs> I do. I don't sing nearly as often. I sing to my children every night. Um, but you know, I, I did the Disney princess thing when I lived in Florida. I, um, you know, even when I moved out here, I did some cruise stuff. It's, uh, I sing more for myself and my family now, but I would be open to singing on camera if, you know, the right opportunity came around. Um, I think it's really fun. It's definitely a skill that you have to keep up with with I, I'm sure you know um so I, I you know I'm a little rusty but I'm sure you know if the right opportunity uh came along I would get back into it no I I it's one of those things that I like, again like I'm sure that acting gives you that same kind of adrenaline um singing to me like I've never like being an art like a visual artist painting you know, you have a show and there's, a, you know, there's a crowds coming or whatever people come, but like singing that connection you have with an audience. And I guess acting's you've done plays, you've done stuff in front of yeah. people, but you've also done movies and, and television shows, correct? You did something with prime. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's still that kind of same buzz, but you're also a producer, which I think is like really cool. Like that idea of being on the other side do you like i don't want to ask you do you have a favorite but do you have a favorite <laughs> i mean is like is it something that like that you would if if somebody said okay you have to choose between act, being an actress or being a producer would that be a tough decision it would be an incredibly tough decision because it exercises very different parts of my personality. I don't know how into astrology you are, but I, I love astrology and the, the marriage of science and a little bit of woo woo. Cause that's kind of who I am. Um, <laughs> I was raised in that's very, a nice t -shirt. very religious. <laughs> I'm, very good. I'm, I'm woo woo. I'm really good. I'll send you a check if I make that. <laughs> I'm woo woo. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a Leo and I've got a lot of Virgo traits and it really, um, Leos are by nature just very vivacious and love to be in the spotlight and Virgos are highly organized and like to um, make lists and boss people around. So I like to do a little bit of both. <laughs> That's really like who I am in a nutshell. <laughs> um, so the acting side really, um, I'm able to dive into who I am as a person um, because acting is very psychological, obviously. Um, when you're diving into a character, you can't just make up traits. You have to find where that character like migrates into who you are as a person. So it's authentic. And so I'm able to dive in, dive into the psychological side, um, you know, the creative side, and you know, really like live in that. But then with production, I'm able to organize, I'm able to be the, the foundation, I'm able to set the tone for an enjoyable experience for other people, because I think leadership, you know, it, it all comes from the top. How much fun people have at work really comes from the very top. And I've had a lot of experiences that I haven't loved, 
and been able to take examples from things that I didn't, you know, want to emulate. And I don't want to recreate that for, for people. So if I can create an environment where people love to come to work and they love to do their job and they love to create things, then I'm really happy. Um, and I love to tell stories. So whatever medium that means for me, I'm able to be a storyteller. And you're your own boss. You started your own production company, 333. Is that correct? 333 Creative. Yeah. Where did that, where did that come from? Well, there's the woo-woo. Okay. So <laughs> there it is. So Patrick <laughs> and I actually, we have the company together, oh, cool. um, which is another experience that I get to share with my husband, who's my partner in life. So it makes sense that he's my business partner as well. And um, the number 333 is the very foundation for creativity. It channels creativity. It channels logic. It's um, it's understanding and be able like being able to like start something from nothing, which you know that's kind of what making movies is. It starts as an idea and then it comes together, and you've got the music, you've got the visuals. You make people feel something. And if I leave this planet having made one person feel something, I'd be really happy. I think you already did that. Like, that's what's like, I mean, really, truly. No, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's such a powerful medium, like in terms, I mean, so is singing because I mean, or it can, like, I shouldn't say it is, it can be like if, if it's allowed sure. to be out there, like, but I like, I think about, you know, like certain songs that like just the hair you know, like it, and, and there's certain movies, like, I can't remember if I talked to Patrick, I think we did talk about this, but, um, no country for old men is such a, an interesting, I mean, it's obviously dark and, but it's like, there's something so interesting to me about that movie because there's no soundtrack that is happening. So you're like left in the dead scenes with just vastness like sound wise and i'm really interested in vast visually mm. so like when i'm mm -hmm. like when i'm like hit with these audible vastness it's just like whoa you know there's and, power and silence right absolutely yeah. and um, i don't think we do we don't think that we do that enough like that's it's interesting no nobody's quiet anymore which is a beautiful thing because we've been silenced for so long but um, we have reached the pendulum swing completely to the other <laughs> side. We went from silent movies to now nobody being quiet ever again. Um, so, you know, just being able to reset and finding that the quiet moments because they happen for everybody. And I think that's the most beautiful part of cinema where you emulate, I mean, cinema, movies emulate light, the most powerful movies. Or they make you feel the extreme of, you know, what is possible outside of this tiny little planet floating in space, you know? And so, again, it's making you feel something. I think that's the beauty of humanity. Mm -hmm. Humans, I mean, I think truly, I think all animals have souls, all living beings have souls, but we have been gifted the ability to be able to cognitive, cognitively relate to one another, think deep thoughts you know, have time together, relate to one another, you know, make relationships with each other, which not, you know, all animals are capable of. I, I, I think it's very fascinating being a human being and being able to create music from a, 
a wooden instrument. What happens if you put that, that, and that together? Will you make a, a clarinet? Yep. <laughs> Who would have thought that? <laughs> I just think uh, humans are incredible and being able to delve into the arts, it's such a beautiful thing. And I think truly, you know, Patrick, um, when we first started dating and I watched him play soccer, because I I wasn't a soccer fan before I met him. I, I'm going to be honest. Being who my parents are, we did not watch sports. My dad was obviously very into football. Um, and my dad played football in high school and is very athletic. He played, he almost played professional tennis at one point. Um, and he's still, he's 76, wow. and still plays tennis. The man, he doesn't have to move. His shots are so precise that he just stands there and just controls the whole, the whole net. Um, but, you know, and, and I guess he was probably the athletic influence because bless my mom, she did aerobics, but, and she was like a little bit of a runner, but she just, she, yeah, she was good at so many other things. Don't ask her to catch a ball. <laughs> it looks a lot like both. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so, so having my dad and that influence and, when I first started dating Patrick, I watched him in goal and it looked like a dance. It looked like a beautiful ballet. Whenever he'd like try and, you know, save a ball, it was so graceful and so beautiful that I could, I understood a little bit more of his psychology. Um, to me, I still can't wrap my mind quite around like putting myself in front of a very fast moving object and trying to stop it with my face. Um, <laughs> but I'm still trying to dive into that with him. Like what, what made you choose being a goalkeeper? Did you, did you, I assume you guys have been watching Messi play or, or at least Patrick has. The, Patrick has, yeah. again, I'm not like, unless I'm watching him play soccer, I could watch soccer. Soccer's fun. I love live sports, but watching on TV, I, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to like be in the moment because you have so many other distractions when you're watching on television and then the commercials, which I'm fine with commercials. I'm thankful for the commercials on my acting side, but you know, watching live sports, like you feel the, it, the, the energy is palpable. Everything is just heightened. And I love that. And so watching him play, his mom and I were not allowed to sit next to each other during a game <laughs> because we would sit there holding, like squeezing each other's hands and like digging nails into each other's arms. And yeah, and we always joke, his mom is on a two drink minimum whenever <laughs> watching him play. <laughs> That's great. Lori's a good time. Lori's a good time. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was just, I, I do, I miss watching him play and I I hope that our children at some point get to to understand how cool dad was and still is but like the soccer side of who he is the abstract athlete get stacked paint and puzzle kit creative exercise designed in collaboration with former Ohio State Buckeye and NFL player Percy King Create art as exercise for the mind. Order one of our art kits today, available at theabstractathlete.com, beginagaintoys.com, or on Amazon. The Abstract Athlete, where art and sport collide. There's, I have friends that kind of exist in your, like that world that I think like, I, I don't have kids, never been married, but I always think, and again, not a pat on the back, I would be a good dad because of that 
curiosity thing where it's like I, I play, I, you know, I still physically work out every day. I creatively work out every day. I do lots of different things. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm great at anything, but I'm pretty good at a lot of different things. And it's like, I love that a bit, like my nephews, like I constantly talk to my nephews and stuff and just like, <clears throat> do this, do that, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And I just think it's just fun. And I can, again, like I just imagine your kids growing up in that environment, which are just, and again, like with your side of the family, my God, like, it, I mean, like really, truly, like it's just, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, to like really think about like Thank you. you're surrounded by just all of this creativity in different ways. You know, I yeah, know. I, I didn't I didn't have a shot doing <laughs> anything else, but I want to touch back on what you said. So even though you didn't have any children or didn't choose to have children, you are a teacher. Oh, yeah. And I think it is so important, especially for men in today's day and age to be a positive, supportive influence for one another, to be able to be masculine figures while also being uh, nourishing the emotional side because I think men throughout the ages have just had this like you have to be tough you have to be strong you have to and you're you're a human being just like everybody else and it's wonderful to have the divine masculinity but to also be able to dive into your sensitive side to be an artist to feel things deeply and not block off emotions and that's something I love so much about my husband Because he is like a very strong masculine figure, but he's also teaching my son that it's okay to cry if you're upset. Oh, he's it's so, okay. It's okay to feel things. He's very vulnerable, and I, I even yeah. he got he got emotional in our podcast, and and he he almost apologized. I think he tried, to, and I was like, dude, no, like this is like it's great to do. I I use those examples all the time because, and I think it is changing. Like I think, you know that, that masculine, like we, we're not allowed to cry. That is changing. And people are talking about mental health more and like these things, you know, like, again, a lot of what our, our company is built on is this idea of mental health. Like I always use this example of this football player we work with who is, you know, I mean, played back in the nineties and stuff. And he's been on the cover of sports illustrated twice He had like a, one of those E sixties, you know, that, uh, ESPN E 60, they did a thing on him, huge guy, 300 pound offensive lineman, but he makes these beautiful photographs. And to me, it's like when the guy like that walks into a room, like you already assume what he is, but then when you find out he does this other thing, this creative thing, it gives people permission to do that. And it gives people permission to be vulnerable. And I like you, you really hit on it. And that's what, again, like, I think that's one of the reasons Patrick and I really kind of connected is just because I do, I love the fact that he allows himself to do that. You know, I mean, truly. Well, luckily I also had a dad, you know, growing up that, and I say had, he's, Still my dad. He's still around. Again, he's 76. <laughs> both he and my stepdad are both 76. And they're both highly sensitive men. You know, as musicians, they're just very in touch with their emotions. And um, I think for me, that was the norm. Uh, you know, we look back on our childhood sometimes and we remember the traumas and the tough things. But 
you know, now that I'm a little bit older, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, wow, I had an incredibly supportive mother who helped me do all the things and set me up for success to be able to be out here and have the resilience that I do and know that these are my strengths. I'm going to live in them. And regardless of what society says, I will be successful. And then I had a dad who's highly sensitive, highly emotional. He cries all the time. If he hears a beautiful piece of music, the man is an absolute puddle. My stepmom, my stepmom is like, oh, here it goes again. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but I, I think having having those positive male influences, it's it's important to have balance masculinity, femininity, and for for men and women to have a little bit of both. Yep. We're just people investigating the beauty of this planet. That's it. Yep. I know. There's nothing there's nothing more than that. There's nothing more. <laughs> I, no, it. truly I, I am a hundred percent on that page. Like this all the other noise that goes on, I'm just like, I I just don't care. Like I don't we're here for a limited time. Yep. I'm, May as well enjoy it. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Now you, I, I love that, like the, the resiliency that you were talking about. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is you are in, you know, the, 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 the producer or acting world right now, which is in strike mode basically. Mm -hmm. And how, how has that been like on both sides for you? Because obviously they're going to very different situations for you. Like how, how has that been? And like, well, so of course it started with the WGA and without our writers, we won't have a, a, a logical script. We won't have a, the very foundation for the stories that we tell and, or they won't be told well because the WGA is the, it's like the tippy top. That's where all the great writers sit. They've all banded together to say, this is what we're worth. And this is, we will not accept less. And so as actors, naturally with our sister foundation being in SAG-AFTRA, we've stood with our writers. But not only that, we as creators have come to the table and said, we too deserve better than what you are giving us currently. Because times have changed so much, we're not living in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s era where everything was television and you had the CBS in the prime time. We now have streaming shows where you have to pay your actors according to the amount of times it's being streamed. You had actors on the show Orange is the New Black, major, major television show on Netflix, getting residuals for $160. And that show has been streamed millions of times, if not more. So it is just insane. And, and, the SAG minimum right now on a movie was $125 a day, which comes out to around $10 an hour. I mean, it's below minimum wage. And that's actors are just expected. And I, I believe it was the Disney CEO that said, um, you know, while he's making $75 million a year, that actors should just accept that because they're not, we're not going to be paid more than that. And that's ridiculous while you're sitting on your yacht in the middle of, you know, the Mediterranean. How will you feed your family and in turn then make millions of dollars on the studio side? 
So it's important that we band together. It has been very tiring. It's been tough. Luckily, commercials are still working. Um, SAG, SAG actors are still able to do commercials. But you've got people that are, you know, really struggling. And um, it's tough out here. It's you, you still have to pay your rent. The bills don't stop coming. But you have to stand up for something or you stand for nothing. Yep. Who, like, I, something I always am intrigued and interested in, by and like again for me your answer could be really interesting because of just all these parts you know that ha have influenced you i guess but who like are some like maybe maybe it's multiple questions you're you're a dancer like who was a dancer that like really inspired you who was a producer that inspired you who are some actors or mm. actresses that inspired you um you know, I'm assuming like, again, you've talked about your parents and I'm sure that they're hugely influential in, in, in what you've done, but like maybe just some outside kind of, you know, names that like really kind of like triggered how, how you kind of move through life, I guess. Definitely. Um, so on the dance side, I'd say Bob Fosse was probably mm -hmm. the biggest one for me, um, just because of the the very classic. Fosse was interesting because everything was incredibly technical, but it seemed so easy. Yeah. It seemed he they made it look so simple, and I think that's such a beautiful thing. With with such technicality came something that looked like you were freely moving your body, and. I, I loved that because, and people love to watch it. And it's like, you can spot Fosse from a mile away. You know, immediately when you see the arms behind the back and you see the wrists moving back and forth, like, you know, Fosse. Um, so I think for me on the dance side, that was definitely one. And Savion Glover is an incredible tap dancer. And I think, you know, he's very contemporary in the way that he dances. Again, tap was never my thing, but... I love the way he moved, the expression. He could tell a story with his feet. He took tap to a whole nother place. Whole yeah. nother level, <laughs> a whole nother level. And I loved the percussion of tap dancing. Even though it wasn't a strength of mine, I'm still a, a lover of that type of dance. Um, and then I think on the acting side for me, Sandra Bullock and I are from the same hometown. We're both from Arlington, Virginia. I don't think I knew and, that. And, oh yeah, yeah. So, um, She's always been somebody that, and she also acted in my favorite movie, which is Practical Magic. One of my favorite movies, I should say. Again, with the woo-woo. But, um, and we're coming, we're coming upon, you know, once my birthday is over in August, I'm like, oh, it's Halloween. <laughs> I oh, no, I have to interrupt and tell you my, so I was supposed to be born on Halloween. I was born a week early. I was born on the 24th. My okay, oldest, my oldest, oh yeah, I'm a Scorpio for sure. My oldest nephew was supposed to be born on Halloween. He was born oh, like a week later from my oldest sister. My, one of my nephews from my younger sister was supposed to be born on Halloween, was born uh, a couple days early, I think. Is that right? Whatever. But then my oldest nephew just had a kid that was supposed to be born on Halloween and was. So finally we hit the target. So you got one. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, it's, um, go ahead. It, it, I love that. It's my favorite time of year. The second, like it starts to get a little bit cold. I bust out all the Halloween gear. We celebrate Samhain, which is, um, it's a very old, it's like the original Halloween. 
uh, that started. It's like Druid pagan Ireland, but it's, I don't know how into mythology you are, but the Druids were like <laughs> old school. And <laughs> Old school. Um, obviously, we don't condone uh, sacrifices, human sacrifices, but a lot of the beautiful, a lot of the beautiful traditions we get in Christianity come from pagan religion. So we celebrate Samhain, we celebrate our ancestors on that day. I believe the Mexican culture calls it the Day of the Dead, um, November first. So you know, throughout history, we've celebrated that day. So we try and keep the the old tradition and the new. We go trick or treating and you know do all the fun stuff as well. Um, so yeah, practical magic, big staple in our family. I, I think I've watched it twice already. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Sandra Bullock's career has been incredible. She can do comedy. She can do drama. Um, there's nothing she can't do. And she's, she's graceful and beautiful. You never read anything negative about her unless it's something horrible happening to her. And, um, she is professional and friendly and kind and um i want to be just like her <laughs> i also yeah so uh, and then on the, the production side which also kind of glides into the acting i'd say reese witherspoon is a huge idol of mine as well she started off as you know a cute little girl and you know really built this incredible beast of a production company you're taking female-led, female-driven stories and bringing them to screen. And I would love to do the same. Although I'm, I, I don't love the idea of just telling female stories because I also have a male counterpart. But um, I do think we need to hear more female-driven stories. I, I, again, it's the pendulum. So I think, you know, finding the right story and making sure it's told by the right people. Yep. Now, I just had this conversation with um, a, a woman the other day on my podcast, Young. Um, she played basketball at Wake Forest, and she's an artist now, and she's from Paris. And we were talking about Kobe Bryant. And mm. like I think I, I've always said the, one of the, the saddest things for me about him passing was I really think he was going to elevate women's sports because of the, because of his voice and, you know, and it's just, it's, it, it's always just been that thing where he was such a force on the court, but I think he was going to be just as powerful and or more powerful off the court. Same, same with LeBron James. Like I have that yeah. feeling that, that, you know, what he does as a human um, is going to be more impactful off the court than it, what he's doing on the court, which, you know, it's, it's really, really wonderful. And unfortunately, I mean, it, Kobe was such a loss. And of course the loss of his daughter, yeah. I mean, that, that whole situation was, it could have been prevented. And again, humans aren't perfect. It was very much down to human error. Um, I think I, I don't yeah. know much about the situation other than what I've read, but um, yeah, what a terrible loss for, for humanity. Um, but I do think it is beautiful when someone uses their platform. And I think it's, it's unfortunate when it doesn't happen, when someone has such an incredible platform and they're able to use it to help better this planet in some sort of way, or better the people on the planet and use the in incredible amounts of money that they're making. Because at the end of the day, we can, you know, demonize money, but it can be used for good if used in the proper way. So 
the platform, the monetary value. I, I think it's incredible when people are able to utilize those things for, for good. And I don't think enough people do it. No, I agree. I, I think, again, I for me, it feels like there's, it feels like the pendulum is going both ways because I think th mm. the good is really starting to come out, but then there's also the bad that's just, I'm getting, I'm just so over the crap in the world anymore. I, I'm, well, so again, it, it touches back on uh, uh, a little bit on astrology. So we've just left the dawn of Pisces, which is the dawn of organized religion. I mean, the fish represents Christianity, um, Jesus coming, the whole dawn of Christianity. That was the entirety dawn of Pisces. We've now reached into the dawn of Aquarius, which Aquarius is about community, technology. It is a new age for us as people and things come to light that were once hidden and that's why it's starting to look pretty ugly out there because all of the the uh, nefarious plans are starting to be uncovered and all the things that people were able to get away with they are no longer able to get away with which is good but it's also realizes like how bad it had been for so long and no one realized if like, okay, are you guys working on anything right now? Currently? Yeah, so we just we just wrapped um, a feature film. We were we finished right before the strike okay. in April. And so we've just been working on editing and making sure that it's perfect to deliver. But obviously we can't sell anything at the moment, just out of principle. Yeah. Um, so... We are. We have tied that with a bow, delivered it to our investor. He loves it. We're just waiting for the strike to end to be able to move and push forward with it. But we do have plans to start a thriller as soon as the strike is over um, so that we have something ready to go. But we have a script. We've got a plan. We've got the director. So everything is lined up perfectly. We're just waiting for the green light. Is it, I mean, is it, I mean, that's another thing I'm always interested in in terms of like thinking about Sandra Bullock, who's, you know, who you mentioned earlier, like, and the, the adaptability of, of her as an actress, is there, is there like a certain kind of, you know, comedy or drama, like that you prefer over the other? Like, I mean, it's, I, I've always like, am fascinated to, to find out like, you know, like there's certain actors or actresses that are almost like typecast and they just get stuck in those roles. But then there's like certain people that can just flow through anywhere. And, and which I think is really admirable and, and like kind of amazing because a lot of times they, you just, I think about like Liam Neeson just keeps playing the taken role over and over and over again, totally. even though I'm sure like he can do other stuff, but it's like, is there a certain thing that you would prefer to do? Like what may, without maybe, I don't even know if you can say what the, what the movie that is ready packaged and ready to go. What kind of movie is that? Sure. Uh, it, it was a rom-com. Okay. So, and so then you, the comedy. next one's a thriller. So that's cool to like, okay. Yeah. Patrick wrote it. Um, yeah. I produced it. We, we, we started it together, which is incredible because our kids at some point get to watch a movie that mommy and daddy did together. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it's awesome. It, it's really cool. And what an incredible experience to get to have, um, you know, but for me, I don't have a particular genre that I lean towards. I hate it when 
executives or people outside of the creative community tell you what you are good at? Because I think there are a lot of people that have been um, typecast in the comedy roles that kill it in the drama roles. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know that they could act. <laughs> you know, I thought they could only do comedy. And I just, I hate the idea that you have to be one thing because that is, you know, what people know you as. Maybe that's where your strengths lie, but people are multifaceted. You have more than one part to your personality and you should be able to crash and burn potentially like then again it's trying things and knowing you know like oh maybe I had this skill and I didn't realize it so I think trying different genres trying like figuring out what works what doesn't I've always been that kind of a person that likes a lot of different things I could talk about you know the tutors at the same time, I could talk about first century Ireland, and now I could talk about the Kardashians. Like, I just, I have a lot of different, you know, I have a lot of different interests. I have a lot of different pieces to who I am. And I think many people do, and they should investigate that. Yeah. So what, what is the, you know, hoping that the, the strike ends here soon, give me a, give me a 10 year plan for you, maybe for both of you, because it, again, like you are under the, the, you have the same production company, like how, how do you guys see this, this growing, like what, or, or where do you see it going? Well, um, the plan is to continue to develop feature films, television, and to become a powerhouse in that field, to tell stories that matter, to make people feel something and to create things that entertain people uh, because you know during the worst times and the best times we all look to film and television to make us feel something whatever it is that's going on it doesn't matter like i want to watch a rom-com today i feel like being scared to death and you know poop my pants and watch the exercise it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter but you, you know everybody has a little bit of something and so my goal is to be that go-to production company for like, I have an incredible story I want to tell and I want to be the one to tell it. Have you guys ever done documentaries? Is that something that's like you think about? Okay. Yeah. We think about it all the time. Um, Patrick actually has two docu-series. So my cousin is um, uh, very much in that space and I won't mention who she is, but she's very much in that space. And um uh, it is something that, you know, in getting to know her better, because we didn't really know each other very well at all. Um, so when she she grew up here and when I moved here, we we started connecting. And so getting to know her better, I'm able to fully understand like why she wanted to get into that space because I didn't know much about it. And now with Patrick coming from a very literal, log logical, mathematical, you know, operating mind, it's it made sense to marry the two. And so he's got a couple of ideas that he's working on, things he's executing in that space. And I'm starting, you know, however I can help, I'm more than happy to. So yeah, to answer your question in short, yes, yeah. we are interested in that space. No, I it's I, I do like I again, like I think it's it's kind of cool to think about like again your both your personalities and how you've come together and, 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 and how this is going to evolve. And, you know, again, I don't know either one of you 
super well. I mean, Patrick and I probably catch up like by text every month or so, to some extent. And yeah. And it's cool to like, think about like these, these potentials of, of stories and, and how, yeah. again, like that evolution of, of the stories and, and whether it's documentaries, whether it's features, whether it's TV, it, like, it, it, I don't know, but it, you know, like my, my crazy brain starts going, you know, and like just starting to think about all these, these potentials. And it's gotta be fun to be your own boss in that sense too, because like you're in oh, control of it. So much better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Just being able to make my own decisions. And I say that because Patrick and I are generally on the same page. So, I mean, we're very much 50, 50 in, in our production company. He very, he, he heads up the more creative side with the writing and I head up the more production, like clinical side with the producing. But we, when we come together and we marry it, it's it's this beautiful collaboration together. So um, it is really nice to be able to make those executive decisions for ourselves and not to have to run anything by a higher up. You know, we we do what we want. It's the wild, wild west out here already. <laughs> so the last thing I need is someone, you know, torching my lasso I just want to I want to do my own thing <laughs> you know? absolutely I don't know, I don't know the horrible analogy but <laughs> who okay Ra- wrapping up I always ask what kind of music yeah. what kind of music you like because I always either oh, write gosh. music or you know you could maybe sing or put out an album and then we could use no not at all okay never never mind I mean but- oh, I'm I'm open to it I am open to it. I've actually said that to Patrick that I would like to do that at some point get in the studio and record you should because I'll never be this young again so I may as well have something to, you know, when I'm 85, feel like, oh, I could Well, sing. I, like, I, yeah. I'm being serious. Like, I don't play an instrument. I've never, I think because I was playing all kinds of sports growing up, but I always sang. But now I have GarageBand, which I love and hate. But totally. I, I hate it because it's too easy in the sense. But for me, that I can, I can fiddle on guitar, but I can compose, I have like, I have a box set worth of music that I can put out tomorrow. And, totally. and that to yeah. me is like really kind of cool to be able to do that. But so like awesome. what kind of music style wise <laughs> that, that I can write something ish um, for the, for the episode. And then like, maybe you already answered this, but it just kind of occurred to me, like who is like a bucket list person that you would want to work with? Whether it's whether it's as the producer or as an actress, like you worked with Luke Wilson, which is badass. Um, I did, yeah, yeah. Um, Sandra Bullock. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Okay, that's cool. uh, yeah, hands down, yeah. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Sandra Bullock, uh, Meryl Streep, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Robert De Niro. That's like my. That's. Those are my, that's a damn my good bucket tops. list. That's your starting five. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's my, lineup, my sports man. analogy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's my lineup. Um, and to answer your question about music, uh, I have a very particular musical taste. Uh, I love um, like Celtic, Irish oh, music. Cool. Uh, we love Enya in our house. But I also, I'm really into Stevie Nicks. I love Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Um, Country, I, I appreciate country music being from Virginia. Um, 
but I'll listen to anything. And that's kind of the, the, it depends on my mood. My, my musical taste really depends on my mood. Yeah. So um, it also depends on how sad I am that day. Cause you know, being a creator, you feel all the feels. Well, so, if you ever need it, yeah. if you ever need a song for, for an exit on a movie, you got one. No, I'm just kidding. Absolutely. Um, oh, <laughs> no, it's always, it's always good to know more musicians. We always need more musicians. And, and more importantly, if you guys ever get back here, um, let me know. Cause especially if you're like in the DC area, I'll sure. totally come up. Yeah. I think when you guys were yeah. here for that, that was last year, right? For that, for the, yeah, for the, I last August. think. I think I might've been out of town. I can't remember, but I couldn't come up or maybe, maybe Patrick said, Hey, we're, we're coming in tomorrow. So I can't remember what happened, but let me yeah, know. It was very last minute. Yep. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. And my dad still lives there. He's in Alexandria. Yep. So yep. It, you know, we That's, come up to Virginia probably twice a year. Yeah. No, my cousin, um, my cousins grew up in Alexandria. So when I grew up in Ohio, oh. we would come to, to Virginia a lot and go to DC to the museums and stuff. So, and now I live here, even though it. like eventually my goal is to move out West into the mountains. So um, it's, I it's, love Richmond. I love that, that whole area. Well, no, if, cool, you, get, if like, you get here, I'm uh, taking you guys to dinner. So, um, because I have some, oh, some musician well, friends, accepted. some restaurant accepted. friends. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we well, no, th thank uh, you. Like this was absolutely um awesome like i'm so glad he suggested this because uh again me too. because it's it, again for me it, i've said this to my business partner i've probably said this in the podcast before it's so cool for me to like to like research and find out all these amazing things about people and then just to like to just have these conversations because again i just think what you've done and what you're doing is just so fun and cool and and you have both of you guys like have such great personalities. And I, again, I just, your kids are going to just like grow up in this, such a cool environment, you know? Well, thank you. I so, appreciate that. So, um, Oh, I'm getting a phone call from Patrick. <laughs> are you done yet? Were you done? Um, <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll send you, uh, this, this will be out in a couple weeks and I'll send you information great. like to share. And, um, if I get out to California, um, which happens every once in a while in the summer when I do my drive arounds, I keep getting stuck in Yellowstone. Um, but if I do, I'll get out there. I'll, uh, I'll give you guys a shout. And like, as I said, if you get, Perfect. when you get back to Virginia, um, or if you come down this way, let me know and we'll, we'll definitely get together. So. Awesome. So, Thank you so much. Great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It was a blast. It was great to meet you. You as well. Have a great day. Tell Patrick <laughs> I said, Hey, Bye. I'll probably, I'll probably text him right now anyway. So. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Bye. So much fun talking with Maria. Such a cool life and really what a cool, incredible family history. Really inspired by all the things that she has done and she is doing. Need to get this strike over so she can get back to doing amazing things. Just love her passion. And, and like I said, what a cool environment for her kids to grow up. Uh, again, make sure to follow Maria on Instagram and on Twitter at Maria Brees and stop by her website, MariaBrees.com. Make sure to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network. And remember to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, beginagaintoys.com, and Amazon, and purchase a Percy King collaborative stacked paint and puzzle kit. Thank you for listening to the 
Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. Mm -hmm.